The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota, and I love talking about women in agriculture. The women of Common Ground Minnesota are volunteers who are volu- you know, taking their time to chat with you about what it's like to live on a farm and grow food in Minnesota. Here's some really great news about this group. They have just launched a newsletter that you can basically sign up for at commongroundminnesota.com, and you get the latest you know, events, giveaways, delicious recipes, all sorts of great stories from the farm. And I got to tell you, it's just a really cool thing to get into your inbox every month. And it's it's kind of an, a way in. If you're wondering, like, I don't know what I'm going to ask when I go to Common Ground, Minnesota. Well, this is just an introduction and a way to get you guys to meet the farmers at Common Ground, Minnesota. The Common Ground Minnesota volunteers, remember, their goal is to be a resource for your food and farming questions. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn, commongroundminnesota.com. Saturday. I'm Stephanie Hansen. I'm Stephanie March. And don't yuck our yum, friends. Don't yuck my yum. Yuck, yuck. It is kind of a hard stop. So maybe we need to add a little like yummy to the yeah. end of it. Yeah. Um. Good morning. Good morning. How Glad are to you? have everybody here. I'm good. I'm good. You know, the big graduation party is tomorrow. Oh, is it tomorrow? <laughs> yep. I hope you're coming. Thanks. Oh, my God. I guess I'm coming. And I totally I went forgot. To, I had to drop off my taxes this morning, and the woman that does it's a personal friend of mine, and I invited her. She's like, I can't come today to your party. I was like, well, it's tomorrow, but that's okay. Oh, my God. And college kids, like, I have no idea who's coming. I've just ordered a ton of food. And I'm going to come. I'm going to do it like a total, like, sweet food. Right by. Yeah. yeah. But that's, I mean, I know, Emily, that's all I expect from you, friend. Yeah. Because I have to go paint, and I'm just, I, I have You're in your own time. dramatic crisis. I have zero time. I have zero time. How are you feeling? I've been only talking about myself this morning. There's a shock. I really do care about how you are. Yeah. No, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm just, you know. Are you stressed? It's been a week. Let's put it this way. Well, yeah, a week in the food space. Yeah, and that affects my... Are we not masking? Actual life. It does affect my actual life. Before we get there, I want to just acknowledge that Hope, our producer of Weekly Dish. Hope, has it been... I mean, it's been at least like three years, right? Maybe more. At least, maybe yeah. more. Yeah, more. more. <laughs> she's leaving us. She got a great job with Johnson Brothers, and she's going to be learning and selling wine. I think, right? Wine and spirits. Yeah, I just, I just needed to make a decision to kind of focus. Ab- absolutely. And but it was such a tough decision. Well, we know that you love us, and we love yes. you too. And yes, I love all my shows. So yeah, and it's hard to work like seven days a week. Yeah, I. It just feels time to change things up. Yeah, fresh. A fresh start, I'm proud of you. focus. But yeah. yeah, I'll miss you all. We are proud of you. Thank and you. wine. And yes. wine, yeah. Yes. Let's talk about the wine. <laughs> Maybe we'll end up Hope having we'll to have, have you, you as a guest. Yes. Yeah, you can be like our expert. 
You're going to oh, come wow, on the show pressure. and be a guest, and then you're just going to, it's going to be all this twisty. It'll be great. Yeah, thank you for circle. everything and just being on it. And oh, so you. we will have the next probably four to six weeks, we'll have Grant, then we'll have our permanent person, and there's always a few hiccups with that. So. Yeah, transition. Yep. We'll get through. We will. Um, Stephanie, let's just talk about the drama. Oh, gosh, the drama. Well, so how did you feel? Like you're sitting at your desk and all of a sudden this like breaking news comes through, which you probably knew before I did. But yeah, I probably did. But all of a sudden, like no masks. Well, here's the deal. I saw it from Biden first. Right. I saw it on the national scape. I saw that the CDC had you know said this and I kind of looked and I was like, wow. Uh, okay. You know, and I kind of, and yeah. the thing is, is like, I've sort of, a lot of us who have had the vaccination have been kind of thinking like, okay, so what's the point of getting vaccinated if I still have to do the, ex- all the same things. Right. And so I've been waiting for this thing. Like what's the, po- and honestly, I am I'm ready to be done with masks. You guys, I, I know I support anybody's choice to wear them and you want to throw me all the things, you know, about why we should. And I think you if you want to still support the mask rate, I'm just telling you I'm ready to be done. You know, I would like I don't mind wearing it if I feel ill, like I'm, I'm fully on the Japan mode. Whereas if I, I think, feel sick, I'm going to probably wear a mask. Like, well, from now and on. I think the, if we'll just call it the Japan mode is a good way to yeah. describe that, because I was asking Kurt. We'll just and call to be it going clear, Tokyo. There's there's <laughs> no state mask mandate, but there is city mask ordinances in both St. Paul and Minneapolis. Okay, well hold on. So so here let's 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 back up to the timeline a little bit. So then basically the the POTUS, you know, came out and said this, and I literally thought, well, we have just been put on a timeline by the governor. So there's a chance that he may say, I get it, but you know, mm-hmm. we, we have a plan. We have a timeline. Let's respect that. And let's May 28th, we'll get rid of capacities. July 1st or a little bit sooner, we could get rid of masks, you know, for up to that 77, 70% of vaccination. So I did not expect him to come out a couple hours later and say, yeah, we're going to we're gonna follow the science and just kind of we're going to be done. And I think the hardest part for restaurants and for businesses, I mean, retail, everybody else was like, they were like, wait a minute, what? Wait, we, we had a plan. And now they have to manage. And now it's up to them. Yes. And so in the past, what has been happening thusly is that the government, the government took the role as the bully saying, look, we're going to do this and we're going to do this all for the greater good and all this stuff. And we're asking you businesses to follow along. And then the ones who wanted to follow along anyway said, great, because then I can say to, you know, belligerent people like, look, it's the it's the law. It's yep. the rule. So unfortunately, what he did within a couple of hours was to remove that protection from them. So now they're the ones who have to battle people and have to explain to them that it's their choice to have the masks. And so this is where they started getting. I mean, they were confused. They were worried. They're like, so did the capacities remain or is it just the mask? Are we social distancing? There Mm -hmm. was I never got an answer. I'm still confused. I'm running an outdoor event. I'm running the Stone Arch Festival Father's Day weekend. And going into it, we knew that we would have capacity limits and masks. Now I think the capacity limits are gone. And does this mean the masks are gone or do well, we still have to wait for the July 1st? No, no, no. The masks are all vaccination. gone as far as the governor is concerned. As far as the statewide measure, that is gone. Minneapolis and St. Paul, two of the highly uh, you know, infected areas or the people who have higher case rates, they have said, we're going to keep the mask mandate. So they're doing their own mask mandate. But like for me out in Orono, you know, I walked into my hardware store and there was no sign that said masks are required. And 
I walked in and I was like, okay, I had my mask in my hand and I was just sort of measuring out. Some of the staff had masks on. Some did not. Some of the customers had masks on. Some did not. Nobody said a damn thing. It was just like a normal day. Like That's we, how like we walked in, like I bought paint. Trip. I walked out. I was like, okay, I it, just, it was fine. It must feel hard if you have kids under 15. This is a thing I've heard. Yeah. And it must also feel hard if you're a service worker or frontline worker, because you just have to deal with all this stuff that you didn't before. Well, and you did have to deal with Saint it Paul, before. They can't, they're not going to hold out long. No, but also I, here's, I guess here's the thing is I, I, and for all of my understanding of like everyone has a different situation, I do believe the science. I think if the CDC has said that the vaccinated people aren't tracking, they're not. In, they, they, it is seriously smallly likely that there might there would be an infection, for, you know, to a vaccinated person. The breakthroughs aren't going to be very severe, so it's not going to affect you as as hard as it normally would have. It's not going to kill you. So. Given all that, and and trust me, I know that there's many of you who are going to send us the science and you're going to send us emails and all this stuff. But I'm just saying I've read all this stuff and I believe I'm going to I'm going to choose to believe the CDC and the science, which I was believing before. So I'm going to choose to go that way and I'm going to choose to not wear a mask in a situation where I don't have to unless that situation, that restaurant, that person across from me asks me to. Then I'm fine. I'll put it on. I don't care. It becomes really more of a matter of respect, I think. Yeah. Which is kind of where we started. We were respecting others. What is unfortunate is there's no, I mean, I think it's actually going to, I think that the goal is to put pressure on people that have not got vaccinated. I think so too. And I think that's what the government is doing. And I think that, I think that they had a moment to say, trust the science, the science. They, it's not like the CDC just said, let's just say this. They had data. I I know we feel it, but this is like, this is where we have to battle this fear and this mistrust. And maybe we can choose to trust them. And maybe we can choose to say, okay, they have data. Like they didn't just decide it. They have data. And that says that it's safe. The one thing too, that everybody forgets, including myself, is we have not had a pandemic like this before. We have had coronavirus strains, but this is all new. Yeah. It's all moving. Used to be when you got coronavirus, you likely would, if you were an older person or you were immune compromised, you would likely die. Well, now you're not going to die because they've had a lot more learning. Not, you know, it was a percentage of death, but right. we've learned a lot. We're moving the ball forward. Things change all the time in the advance of science. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that and tell yourself like, okay, yeah. We thought that it was, uh, we had to, you know, all this theater of cleaning is just right, bull. right, right. And so again, and like, you know, I had some people who sent me messages for my post saying, you know, like basically, well, what about the India variants? And I was like, well, if you read the article, someone else sent me an article, and and I read through it, and the India, like the variants are being, they are effectively being treated by the vaccine, and like, we're just not going to know. Every single well, thing. When we come down to it, for me personally, I don't believe in a hundred percent of anything. When someone says to me, "I'm wearing masks until it's a hundred percent gone, or until it's proven a hundred percent effective," and that's I think Tokyo, but but that's but that's also and that's fine. But I'm just letting you know, you also get in a car every day, and there's no chance that there's a hundred percent guarantee you won't get in a car accident. Or every time you board a plane, there isn't a hundred percent chance that you'll get to your destination safely. That's if that's scary and sad. I mean, like. That's risk and the world is full of risk and you have to then mitigate your risk and figure out what's the right amount of risk. And that's 
fine. You do you. But what I'm asking is that whatever you choose for yourself, please do not yell at the at the service workers or anybody else who makes that choice. Like, let's just remember that, like, they're not they don't have to hear your legal reasons. They don't have to. You don't have to tell them to go do the research. All this for like a service worker, a hostess who's standing at right. the host stand is who I'm talking about. Kindness goes along. You want to yell at me? I'll take your yelling. I can handle it. But just remember, kindness is how we should be interacting with each other. So. Yeah. Well, with that, I think we'll take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some summer sips. And Hornitos has a new summer sip. They've got a mango and a lime hard seltzer that's pretty delish. So we'll be talking about summer sips when we come back on The Weekly Dish. Hello, dishers. Are you wondering if it's time to sell your house? Are you hearing about the hot market and wondering if you should start looking? I am so glad I did. I worked with Carrie Elkst and Sue Durfee to sell my town home and buy a single family home in Golden Valley. You can get so much more for your money. Interest rates are so low, you can spend up to 20% more on a house and have a similar payment that you could have had three years ago. It's also never been a better time to sell because there are way more buyers than there are sellers. I was just looking at condos with Ellie, and she can buy for cheaper than she could rent. When it's time, she's going to need someone that will know the first-time buyer programs and how to present the best offer. I think I told you we had multiple offers on both the buyer side and the seller side when we sold our townhome, and Carrie and Sue's experience was invaluable in getting the deal done. Things like when you can close, cash up front, and other factors can help secure your offer when it's not necessarily the highest offer. Ask Carrie and Sue for the hot dish special they are offering only to Weekly Dish listeners. If you're in the market to buy and sell a home, find Carrie Augst and Sue Durfee at CarrieandSue.com at Lakes Area Realty. They represent buyers and sellers all over the Twin Cities and really love Weekly Dish and would love to help you buy or sell your next home. She taught you Billy Joel. She showed you the records and now you wronged her. I love. I have no, I have no idea songs. what you're talking. Is that in the song? Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard it. I love to listen to yeah. the. No, okay, Stephanie. Yeah. I am going to introduce the sip scale. Okay. Okay. The sip scale is like Siskel and Ebert's one star, five star for the movies, but this is going to apply to some new summer beverages okay. or just summer beverages in general. Yeah. Because I'm preparing for Ellie's graduation party tomorrow. I've got a bunch of people coming to the cabin for Labor Day. Cabin season's on now, right? Mm -hmm. People that haven't come for two years are like, can we come to your cabin? So, you know, we have like a galvanized tub that we're just always, we have two refrigerators that are always full of beverages. So whenever I do beverage stuff, I just like, okay, I'm loading up for the summer and Someone ends up drinking the ones I don't like, and I get to keep the ones that I do like. But there's a lot of new summer sips. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to talk with you and see what your feedback was, or if you've had some, or if you have some to suggest, too. Okay. Sounds good. So Fulton is, I think I think they were the second into the hard seltzer market. I actually maybe think Liftbridge was first, but don't quote me on that because I'm oh, not positive. Yeah, there's, I mean, don't even give them a first, second, thirds, because there's, it all kind of happened at the same time, and I actually think Bauhaus was maybe. Okay, yeah, you might be right. Well, you probably are right. With You're Bolero. always right. I'm um, not always right. You are too. <laughs> I don't want that mantle, please. <laughs> okay, so Fulton has two variety packs of hard seltzers, and the one that I tried I always like Fulton's seltzers. Um, I'm not a huge seltzer drinker. This is like a huge confession, but what I typically do is I mix them with liquor. Yeah, I think a lot of people do that. Okay, good to know. People who are not like 
you know, 20 somethings on the boat who are, you know, or 30 somethings, 40 something, whatever. But like, I think there's like the set that pounds it. And then the set who is like, oh, I think I'm going to put, uh, make a little cocktail out of this. And it makes like a great cocktail very quickly. You can add your gin or, gin or your um, rum or your vodka and just a little bit of maybe like lemon or lime. And you're, it's like, oh, you have this whole cocktail. So they have a strawberry rhubarb that comes in their Minnesota fun pack. Um, it was great. Yeah. It was really great. I really liked it. It was four sips on the sip scale out of five, five being the best. I loved the smell. Like it was because it was coming towards my nose. It really smelled strawberry. I didn't taste a lot of the like bitterness or tartness of the rhubarb. Right. That was my only downfall. But I was like, oh, I could totally mix this with vodka and it would be delicious. Oh, yeah. So they also had blood orange, which is one of their um, favorite, most highly popular sellers. And that I gave four sips. Hopped, which was kind of weird. It was a seltzer, but yeah. it tasted like hops, so yeah. it was almost like a beer flavor. Well, so hop water is kind of big right now, and it's that difference of where it's it's exactly that where it's like if you don't like fruit things in your sparkles, you know, and which is sort of me, I don't want a sweet fruity thing normally. And so hopped water is kind of a little bit of a different, like kind of aiming you back toward the beer idea, but just lightly. And would you get a hopped water, though, over like a Kolsch? No, I would just get a beer. I know. But I mean, that's kind of what I thought, but too. If you're just, but if you're doing a seltzer and you're looking for that, because sometimes, here's the other thing. If you do have, I was on a boat last summer, <laughs> there was nothing but seltzers, hard seltzers, you know? And I was like, well, okay. And after two, like, Trulies Ooh. with mango and yada yada, I was like, damn, I need a beer or something. And if hopped was there, I would absolutely drink Good that point. better. Uh, another one was the citrus ginger, and that was Fulton, and that was three sips. I could see putting it in a Moscow mule, but just alone, I was like, meh. Yeah. All right. So then we go to one that I loved so much. I was like, okay, this could be my new summer jam. Prize Brewing yep. has a raspberry sour. So it's not a hard, it's not a seltzer, it's a sour, and it's an ale. It's called Royal Raspberry. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're raspberry ale. Oh, yeah, it was so good. Yeah. 4.8% ABV. It was light. Yeah. So like, like totally a sessionable beer. Yeah. And I felt like, okay, this is, would be great on the pontoon. Just really fresh and very raspberry-ish and kind of tart. Yeah. I loved that it was so tart. Like it was the tart that I wanted in the strawberry rhubarb from Fulton, but it was great. I loved it. Like that's going to be on my list. Yeah. That uh, is the raspberry sour. So then we get to the Hornitos. Right. That we have their mango and their lime. Mm-hmm. And they sponsor the show, which we really appreciate. And I really liked the Hornitos, too. I gave it a four sips out of five. Yeah. Um, I liked the mango better than the lime because I just liked the scent. Like yeah. Part of this is the scent coming up to your nose puts you in like this space. Yeah. Where you're ready to receive summer or the party or the pontoon, whatever right, it is right, that right. that scent reminds you of. Yep. I also then loved, and this one is dangerous for me, the Frenchie. I oh, think we've yeah, talked about the this French before. 75. That sucker is like too, that's, that's too danger. easy. It is too easy. That's the danger. I drink like two of those and I'm like, what? That means you had four cocktails. I know. It's 12% ABV. It sneaks up on you. A can is small. Yeah. So it's like two drinks in a can. And the first time I had it, I had two cans and I was like, wow, what is happening? And then I looked and I was like, oh, geez, this isn't good. This is my problem with canned cocktails is that I just 
drink too much. Chug. Wine. Yeah, yep. I chug it. I'm just used to like sipping it like a like a pop can. Yeah. So I love that. And if you have the restraint, get it because it's amazing. Yeah. On my sip scale, it's actually five out of five sips. I love that thing. Yeah. But I really have to pace myself and I'm not always so good at doing that. Here's one that I'm very excited about. Have you heard about this sociable cider skinny tire? No. Okay. It's so good. So I Maybe like, I have. I, can, I, I like, like ciders. Yeah. I like them a lot. I will drink a milk and honey cider. I really just, I like ciders. Okay. Yeah. But it's, it can kind of be like towards the end of the bottle or the end of the can. It's a little sweet and it's a little cloying kind of at the end. So I usually can only drink one. Yeah. Well, skinny tire is 80 calories and it's light. Oh, it's supposed to be like skinny like as Yeah, tire. and it's so light but still tastes like a hearty cider. Oh, that's great. It's it's hard to even describe, but I was like, okay, I could totally see putting this on the boat, having two of these. It's uh it's low ABV, it's only 4% and it's 80 calories if that's like cuz I those Trulies, I'm sorry, I find them disgusting. Yeah. And I want to support local. I don't want to buy national yeah. branded stuff. I keep getting yeah, I keep getting all sorts of, you know, PR things from these national brands that are putting out and I'm like, "You know what? You are you're fine. Like I'll just keep with the local." Kids. That's right. So, this is a great alternative if you like ciders and I do. I could also like the best cider I ever had. Um uh, it's a it's a 5 on my sip scale, skinny tire. The best cider I ever had well, not the best, but one of the best that I can't stop thinking about because I only had it once and I've never had it since is Sociable had a lemon thyme cider. Oh, and it was they do a lot of those special things and it was so good and I could never find it. It was at the Happy Gnome and I could never find it again. You have to go right to Sociable and see if it's on. I've asked and they, they are doing it. No, I love their cucumber one and I also love. Yeah, I would like that too. Yeah, that's a totally like that's not sweet. Like a cucumber has like a kind of a nice little fresh, you know, lilt to mm-hmm. it. I think it was cucumber mint maybe even, but. And then their habanero cider has always been my oh, favorite. Oh, like, yes. I love, and when Yia Vang was there with the Union Kitchen, that was like the perfect pairing to go get some like cider, some, you know, like banh mi and then a. A perfect, yeah, I would yeah. like that. Right. Um, have you ever heard of this brewery? Now, these are beers, but okay. they were so well named and cute that I just liked them. Um, one is a hard seltzer and one is a beer. Wooden Hill, this is a brewery that yeah, is in Edina. Edina, yep, in a industrial complex. Yeah. I've totally been there. Yeah. And I they I liked the pina colada hard cider was a four sips and their vacation mode tropical milkshake IPA was a four sip or two. Love it. So those are some summer sips for you. There you go. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish. weekly disher spring is sprung and that means the best tasting wild-caught seafood is available from sitka salmon you may have heard us talk about sitka salmon before on the show and that's because we are huge fans sitka salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because you see sitka salmon is a community supported fishery the fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen fisherwomen and families some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations and knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy 
buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my Instant Pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka Salmon Share. Type SitkaSalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, SalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today, you guys. So it's been a big week where we're talking about masking and everything else. But the other the other thing on people's uh, minds has been the labor shortage. And we did talk about this last week on the show. Molly Herman was our co-host. But I did want to bring on, we talked a little bit about how it, how it has been affecting servers. And so I wanted to make sure, and, and restaurant workers, mm-hmm. I should say. But I did want to bring on uh, a couple of sort of experts in this uh, for the serving those serving. So I think, do we have Sarah and Adam here? Yes. Good morning. Oh, you guys are both here. Good We're morning. making technology work today. How wonderful. <laughs> I love it. I love it when that happens. I love it when that happens. Um, so I just wanted to welcome you guys because uh, this is the first time you've been on the show. And, and uh, I think it's just such a great your organization. You know, I wrote the article about the labor shortage and we talked about it last week as far as, you know, people seem to be demonizing restaurant workers for uh, the fact that they are not motivated or they're, they're having troubles going back to work or, you know, re-upping into this whole system. And the suggestion that it is not because that they are just lazy and sitting on unemployment cash, but maybe there's something more. Maybe it's a little bit more like mental health. And, and Sarah, you and I sat down and we talked about serving those serving, but t- let, I would like for you to talk about serving those serving and, and kind of a little bit about what it is. Sure. Um, you know, thanks for having us on, Stephanie. Um, this is um, Serving Those Serving is a nonprofit uh, dedicated to the wellness, um, the mental well-being, physical well-being, financial well-being of the service industry. And um, we are not affiliated with um, anybody, any unions or um, any health insurance companies. We provide um, benefits on our own. Uh, we provide an employee assistance program. Um, and that's what's making, kind of setting us apart right now. Um, there's Sarah, been a when did you start? Like this. Go ahead. But when did you start? Uh, t- 2019 was when, or I mean, sorry, 2017 is when um, when we were first formed. Um, and by 2019, we had our employee assistance program in place. I just, I, when I read about this in Stephanie's article, I was so relieved because we get questions from people that are looking for resources and there wasn't uh-huh. like a collective for the hospitality industry. And this is great. Well, thank you. I mean, I think that part of what sets us apart as well is that we are on the side of both employees and employers. Um, yes. We don't like to slice and dice the industry up. We think that we're all, um, we're all in this together. And so we like to think about taking care of the, the industry as a whole rather than uh, pitting employers against employees. It's so true. Now, and Adam, you, uh, as far as like communicating with people, I know that I've seen you on the websites and I've seen people communicating back and forth with you. Is there, do you find that, you know, that there's more interest from servers now that they're, they're seeking out this sort of mental health, uh, assistance? 
The one thing that we've had an advantage of is we're from the service industry. We're a ragtag bunch of servers and bartenders that have, have boots on the ground. I'm currently still in the service industry. So last, last night was the first Friday night that we've had where, you know, customers are coming in and they're like, are you vaxxed? I'm vaxxed. Let me give you a hug. You know, know. so, that, so <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. So the, the, the talk of mental wellness, the talk of are you servers all right? Are you bartenders okay? Is the management staff st- still doing well? The the stigma of I care but I'm not qualified is is a dialogue that we've that we've tried to start from the from the get go, and that's when Sarah said you know we look out for for employees and and operators alike. That that's something that we've we've actively tried to to make a thing is is the conversation of mental the conversation of mental health the the d- decreased stigma of talking about. Are you okay tonight? Is everybody is everybody on a mental point where we're gonna operate and we're gonna have we're gonna have a fun Friday night? Um, that's that's something that we can provide, and not only does that help the restaurant, the employers, it help, helps the guests experience as well. I you know uh, the fact that you just said that phrase, and I've I've you guys have repeated that to me. I care but I'm not qualified. And this is something I think most people don't understand. The restaurant industry is a pretty tight knit group. You know, I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, it is, it is people become, and I hate to say the word family, but it's like you get these service industry family and you get very close because you're living alternative life from, you know, nine to five workers. Right. But the point Absolutely. is, is that it's not just getting your, listening to your friends and having a drink. It's about talking to a professional and for people in the industry that just hasn't been available up till now. We 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 are like Sarah said we're we're one of the first independent factions in the United States that's that's uh, apart from union that's apart from health insurance that can provide short term solution based access to quality mental health in the service industry. Can you talk about the in the weeds program because I didn't really touch on that in the article and I think that's such an important part too. One of you. Sure that 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 that's something that we kicked off um, uh, just recently. We've we've been in construction of the in the weeds foundation for about a year and we we came out. Uh, with its with its grand release uh, just a, just about a month, month and a half ago, so the in the weeds program is another short term solution based program for service industry employees um, who are displaced from their job, who's uh, through COVID, whose employer doesn't uh, cover the program. People coming in or out of rehabilitation or or out of incarceration. It's kind of a first step access to mental health um, that's that's funded by private and public donors at no cost to them. So we're able to provide three months of our EAP program to people who um, who need that first step towards mental wellness. I think that's an amazing thing. And Sarah, you've said that uh, people, this is, you guys thrive on donations and fundraising, right? Because this is not, this is something that you're kind of helping educate and you're also helping to support people. Uh, tell us a little bit about how the response has been just this over this last, now that we've been talking about it. Well, I will say, Seth, um, that, you know, you, you helped us to shine a spotlight on this, this issue, and, and we're really grateful for that. Um, I would say that. I will that, cheers to that um, as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've been, we've been really busy this last week. Thank you. Um, yeah. And we want to be busy. We're here, and we want to be helping as many restaurants and as many people as possible. But our phones have been ringing, and our email box is full and we we are really glad because we've got the infrastructure to support it um and so we just we welcome anybody to come our way that that wants to talk to us about this because part of our biggest issue is just getting the word out that we're here yeah at the height of the pandemic people were asking us like where can we give what can we do and so it's nice to know that this is a resource that we can funnel people to 
And, well, we would definitely appreciate any kind of uh, funneling towards us. Our goal is to, <laughs> how like, do people? What Stephanie? I was going to say, how do they? How do people donate? Should they go to the website? Should they go to your Facebook yeah. page? Yes, the, uh, yeah, the website go, is servingthoseserving dot org. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they can just do, they can donate straight from there, correct? Yep, you got yeah. it. Can you say that one more time? It felt like you cut out, and I want to make sure people hear it. Sure, it's www.servingthoseserving.org. Great. And we'll link to that on our on our website. Um, can I ask about, so the restaurants you do have signed up, um, have you, you know, have they given you guys feedback as to how this has helped or how maybe potentially has it, has it made people, you know, employees feel better about coming back to work? Yes, yeah, Stephanie, I think that that's the biggest um, thing that, that restaurants tell us is that it's such a relief to have the services in place, because even if people don't need them, which, I mean, a lot of people do, let's face it, but even if people don't necessarily need them or use them, they're feeling a lot better, like feeling like, well, even, you know, if I do go off the rails, this is here to catch me. Yeah. And so, and these people are here because they care about us. And that's, that's the flat, that's the flat out truth stuff. When you're a manager too, and you're managing a team, you want the best for your team, but you're not equipped all yep. the time as a manager to be able to provide the best. If your company doesn't have access to these resources, you're sort of left just like, yeah, I really care about the fact that you're struggling here, but um, yeah, mm, okay, take a day off. There. Yeah. So it's. And I, 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 I can speak to that. I can speak to that straight up because I'm still in the service industry. I bartend and I, and I manage uh, 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 a place in, uh, in the Western suburbs. And that's, that's something that, I, people are looking for, and through through the data that we have, we provide restaurants with utilization reports. Um, one thing that we have, the national utilization rate for the EAP program that we have hovers around four percent. We almost we almost tripled that in our first in our first year, and we maintain about a ten percent utilization rate. So we we've more than doubled the actual usage of the program um, through versus the the overall structure of our EAP. And the cool thing is, is we we can restaurants can tell. Um, um, confidentially, who's using the program, what it's being used for. So restaurants that have restaurant A, B, and C, if restaurant B has a huge utilization rate and they can see that it's a workplace stress issue, that allows the owner and operators to, to adjust the staff culture. Maybe it's a leadership problem. Maybe it's a right. uh, on-the-job problem. And that's, some, that's something that's, that's unique to us that we can provide restaurants. Yeah, that's I remember, you know, a very uh, certain, you know, chef, uh, very, you know, luminary. One of the head big guys was talking about a couple of years ago when we saw a couple different, you know, suicides and and was mm-hmm. you know lamenting about like, God, there's nothing. I don't know what to do about it. Like, I don't. How do I talk to people who don't necessarily even want to talk to me about it? And he's like, he's he's handicapped because he doesn't know what to do and he doesn't know even the resources. And I feel like I didn't know that you guys were doing this. And now that I know. I feel like now I feel like, okay, I have an answer for this. And I feel like that is such a huge piece of this. That is just the resources are the first step, you know, and then talking about it, being able makes me feel fantastic. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. It's, yes. it's and, and I think that there are more and more people. I mean, I've been in this industry on, you know, various ways and sort of, you know, circuitous touch points for 30 years. And we never talked about things like this in the in the old days. And it has certainly been a shift that I think has been long coming. And you well, guys are a part of that. Stephanie, if I might add, one of the things that makes um, that we talk about is that, you know, the way that we inherited the industry is is one way. 
Um, and that, that kind of old way is that, you know, is all of us trying to help each other. And while it's well-intentioned, I mean, of course, any manager worth their salt cares about their staff, but we really have no business solving each other's problems. We're not qualified to do so. And so referring the, pro- the problems outside the workforce or outside the workplace, it has been, um, you know, that's, that's been the biggest benefit to the program is getting those problems out of the current operation. Yeah. No, it really is. And you guys are doing this great work. And I thank you so much for being there for other people and really supporting kindness and health. We have, This has been Sarah Webster Norton and Adam Borgen serving those serving. We're going to put their website up on our uh, Facebook page so that you guys can donate if you need to. Thanks so much for being here, you guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you thank so much. You. Have, have a, a great, great day. afternoon. Great work. We'll be right back. Another Lori and Julia moment. The other thing is you get the hot pink fanny pack. When I went out last Saturday on my uh, cousin's bender, I asked my wife if we had a fanny pack. You, you don't want to wear a purse. I got to carry stuff. I got to carry a charger if I'm going to be out all day. I gotta, oh, you know what I mean? Do you think that way? Oh, yeah. Serious? Do you really think that way? I mean, you know, you don't know. Rocco might be recording people all day long That's just right. burning through the battery. Oh, yeah, I play Pokemon. My phone burns through battery a bit. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'm... <laughs> be the guy wearing a pink fanny bag playing Pokemon yeah. in downtown Minneapolis. Is it Pokemon Go? With where a you mullet. Go? Yeah. With the phone plugged in, with a pink fanny pack yeah. playing Pokemon. Say hi if you see me. You know how we were, um, <laughs> I know, Racco wrote. Racco, I, you, I you were surprised. Lori and Julia, listen live or podcast at any time at mytalk1071.com or on the MyTalk app. Have you ever bought a m- Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show where we are going to take your calls live. Stephanie was like, oh, people are going to yell at us. People are going to yell at me. No, they're not. They yelled at me all yesterday, or they didn't yell at me, but there was a lot of yelling. 651-641-1071. We always will take your calls. We don't have to agree as long as we're respectful. It's a good conversation to have. Right. Uh, 651-641-1071. And I think we do have a call on the line from Brian. Brian, are you our favorite Brian that calls us a lot? Hi, Brian. I think so. Yep. You are. Um, Hi, kids. Hi. What did you want to contribute? Well, recently, Lori, Julia, and Rocco were talking about a restaurant, 42nd and Nicolet Avenue South, called Lowbrow. Oh, yes. Yes. It's actually, okay. I have a friend that lives in the area, so it's called Lowbrow. Yeah, it's yes. called The Lowbrow. The Lowbrow. And it's good. Yeah, it's a cute little spot, family-owned. They have a great, you know, their best logo. And uh, they just, they're just they kind of a casual neighborhood joint. And they that's, have cocktails now. That's what yeah. I'm looking for, because the Black Forest, you can't eat inside or outside yet. Oh, really? You can't eat outside? I, that's what I, my, my sister said. When, and we also went to the food building, had a tour, and I had the Cuban sandwich at the food building. That Cuban sandwich Dude, I am is in legit. for that. Also, their grilled cheese sandwich is something that I don't talk about how much I eat that grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a problem. Well, wow. we also had, I also had a uh, Cuban at Stanley's. Oh, that's a good spot, too. Yeah. All right, kids. Thank you. All Thanks, right. friends. Thanks for calling in, Brian. Let's I do see. think it does look like the Black Force and it's only doing takeout or delivery right now. So. Yeah. I bet you they will. Um, They're just figuring it out. Yeah. Like everybody like else. Like everybody 651. else. 641. Did you have a little 1071? Okay, because I'm having about a diverticulitis, so I was telling Steph, I've had 18 eight-ounce glasses of water in the last 24 hours, so yeah. my system is just like whoosh, and I've eaten no food. Yeah. So there's that. If you'd like to know my other personal problems, just give me a shout.
Okay, here's a question that came in uh, on the Twitters. She said, hello, I've been struggling to think of a neat food entertainment idea, and you guys popped into my head. My son is graduating from the U, and I would love to do something special and unique for a small graduation party at our house this summer, thinking about 25 people. We are late in the planning because of COVID, yada, yada, yada. And my son turned 21 during the pandemic and barely has had a chance to enjoy it. I've seen things like... So she thinks. (laughs) Well, no, that was Ellie, too. Like, she's been out once. Uh, Hitch and Sip is a portable bar trailer, and she's looking into that. Do you have any other suggestions to make a COVID-era college graduation party a bit more special? Oh, I, I love the Hitch and Sip, and I love... There's a couple of different cocktails. I mean, there's a Prosecco truck. We all know about the tiny, the tiny bubbles tap. or Tiny Tap. Um, but there's also... Oh, God, what is... Uh, uh, Simeon, he has got a cocktail trailer. There's a couple different cocktail trailers out there that might be... I mean, I don't know if you want to go with cocktails or not, but they're all easy. You know, they're kind of like uh, tap cocktails and things like that that they quick pour. But I would say that, you know, there is uh, a lot of of fun food trucks too that you could do. Um, I know that like Allie Kaplan at her, uh, had Jinx bubble tea. At oh, that's a fun one. Kids, uh, you know, bar mitzvah. And that was, I thought was a, lo- a great one too. I mean, teens, I guess these are young adults love bubble tea. So that would be fun. Um, I would say also get a keg, like just get a keg. If you want to do something fun, fun, those kids, I, we've gotten kegs before in the past and just sort of had them sitting on the deck and it's, you'll probably still have beer left, but if you get a pony keg, it might be kind of a fun idea. Uh, your friend Simeon, his business is called, uh, la 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 equal parts cocktail company. Yeah. Equal parts. They have it. a hand built custom curated cocktail menu and they have a cute little trailer. Yes. Also be, Beat Vodka has a travel bar. I don't know if people know that. Um, They're a local Minnesota company, and they serve up drinks out of this cute little um, tap area situation, too. I think it's great. So super cute. 651-641-1071. Those are great ideas, Stephanie. We just had a caller asking, is it morel mushroom season? (gasps) Oh, my God, is it ever? (laughs) Let me tell you. Yard, her new house yard. I did. I found one in my little house yard, and I actually left it there. I didn't eat it because I felt like it was, it was. And then I came when I went back yesterday. Actually, something had already started snacking on it, and I felt like that was an offering, and really sort of hoping that it'll come back next year. But it it is. is. I have seen people. Well, we see Alan Burger, our forager chef. Okay, if you guys aren't following him on Facebook or Instagram, Alan Burgo, the forager chef, he's making like pine needle stuff. He's I have started infusing oh. stuff with my pine buds, my pine stuff. Okay, I need to try that. He's also, uh, there's something that's, what is this? Uh, g- golden garlic mustard. It's like an invasive species. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. making pesto with that. And yeah. my neighbor was like. Nettle pesto too, you guys. Yes. That's a possibility. So well, let's have him on because he's got a book coming out. Yes, I'd love to. So we'll he's one on. of my favorites. I know. I aspire to be him, but then I'm still, I will know Listen. something is edible and I'll still be afraid to eat it. <laughs> Listen, also, he's like upper level. Like he's like, Beyond. He's like you can't even. No. You know. No. And he's had like already over 120 morel dishes already. I'm like, okay, I. I probably, I mean, I'm outdoors all the time. You'd think I'd run into one of these things. I've never seen or found a morel mushroom on my own. I found, this is the second house I found. I found one in my old, old house, but you have to, but I mean like one, like I always find like one and then I'm like, wow, this is so then I'll have to slice a piece for you and slice a piece for you. Golden Valley though, you'd think I'm in an oak forest. It's elms. 
Oh, it's fallen elms. Okay. That's what you need. It's not oaks. All right. I'm in yeah. an oak forest, so that's not going to work. It's not going to work. Uh, 651-641-1071. Nobody has any questions. That's it's a okay. I thought day. people it's were fine. fighting with me, and I'm happy to hear that they're not. So that's okay. I have to tell you that there's, uh, you know, there's sort of this thing of, and I, and just so you guys know, like, if you are on my Facebook page, or even if you're on our Facebook page, yeah, like, we good. welcome any kind of dissent of, you know, discussions, any sort of feelings, as long as you never, you don't call people names, and as long as you don't attack others, someone called, <laughs> someone called Hanson pathetic for something on mine, and I was I like, said I liked treats. Yeah, because you said you liked treats, and I thought, he almost got banned, but, you know. But treats are good. Treats are good. How do you feel about this um, lottery that they're doing in Ohio, where if you get the vax, you get entered into a million dollar lottery and they're going to give away five million dollars at five separate times? I don't know. Seems like it's a real try hard. I know. Somebody someone online said, you know, what you should do is you should do more at at like 10,000. It shouldn't be the million because, you know, people are kind of like, eh. It feels so like It feels like there. so unreachable. But like, what if you were, what if they had like 50 prizes of $10,000? $10,000 can, can, or even can change what if you a person's had a experience. vaccine event at a brewery yeah. and everyone that got vaccinated that day was entered to win a thousand bucks. Yeah, that would, like you that totally would get me do there. Because you're going to sit there and have a beer. I would do that. Yeah. You know, there's people that are just never going to get the vaccine and that's fine. That's but fine. then there's just people that like haven't, it's just, they're starting to do it because it took a while to roll it out. So I have a discussion with a woman online and she said, I haven't been vaxxed. You know, I asked also on my Instagram, like, will you wear a mask or now that will you not wear a mask? And she was like, you know, it's hard for me. She's like, I really don't want to anymore, but I haven't been vaxxed. So I'm trying to figure that out. And I said, can I just ask why you haven't been vaxxed? Just for research purposes. And she said, you know, I'm not anti-vax and like my parents have been vaxxed and everybody, you know, she's like, I just sort of was waiting because I didn't, um, you know, she's like, I was just kind of, it wasn't as urgent for me. I don't really yeah, have all the health conditions. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. And so she was sort of, but she was feeling that she's probably going to go and do oh, it now, now yeah. that it's more available. Uh, Lori's on the line. Hi, Lori. How you doing? Lori, Lori you there? Hey, I'm here. Hi. Good Hi. morning. What can we help you with? Good morning. Well, one thing I'll just tell you, uh, we went to uh, Fuzzy's Tacos, the new taco place in the North Loop last night. Oh, it you was, did? It was, it was really fun. And, and it was, you know, they have outdoor seating, um, fun margarita. It was it was kind of late, but lots of activity around still. And um, it was it was just a nice little addition to that, um, that little corner. So I went fun. last week. I thought the margaritas were great. I, I did too. I did too. And uh, I am uh, a huge fan of good, good Mexican. And it's definitely very like snacky Mexican, but um, it was, it was really fun. Love it. Um, my question is, do you guys know what's happening with Mimi and Suki after they get done with their, um, their pre, um, like their predefined menu? It looks like they're only taking reservations through May. Do you guys have any idea what they're doing starting in June? We're going to take go a, there for a special event. Yep, we're going to take a break and we'll come back and answer your question. You're listening to The Weekly Dish.